In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And here we have our Sputnik. No secret, the newborn planet is modest about its size. But this symbol of intellect and light is made by us and not by the God of the Old Testament. With this little poem, the haughty Soviets of 1957 celebrated being the first to arrive in outer space. With a blasphemous arrogance to match only that of Nimrod himself, they loudly proclaimed that the new space age they had inaugurated had revealed a universe empty of all things divine. The first man-made satellite, they said, had detected no bearded man in the heavens, nor any woman perched upon the stars as queen of the universe. There was no sun of justice, only a bright yellow sun, one of countless trillions of stars which would one day burn out, leaving their vibrant Earths as cold and dead as Sputnik or any other satellite of the new space race. Thus did communist Russia spread her errors. These words were the atheist socialist world's official retort to the words of Venerable Pius XII a few years earlier, when in the fullness of his apostolic authority, he defined the dogma of the Assumption of Mary. Since the earliest days of the Church, Within the office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the public prayers which the Church has always offered to her, we find this invocation. Rejoice, O Virgin Mary, thou alone hast destroyed all heresies throughout the world. Truly it has always been in the face of the most grievous errors that the Church has called upon Mary to lead the charge to victory and full battle array. For it has ever been her role to untie the knot of all heresies, even the very first. For what was the first heresy, if not the lie proposed in the Garden of Eden? It was Adam and Eve, our first parents, who embraced that heresy, rejecting their vocation to become like God through grace, preferring instead the devil's bargain to become like God's through pride. And now in our times, modern man, rejecting the doctrine of redemption from that first fall by grace, has chosen the mythical path of perpetual progress through evolution. When blessed Pius IX proclaimed the dogma of the Immaculate Conception in 1854, He was affirming the reality of original sin and the need for redemption, celebrating Mary as the first fruits of that redemption. This truth was countered by the publishing of the doctrine of Darwinism in 1859. Modern man doesn't exactly 
reject the Immaculate Conception. A woman without sin? Certainly. All men are without sin. Man's past is nothing more than a tale of biology. And it was during that same decade that Karl Marx was explaining to the world that the time had come for evolving man to abandon the primitive institutions of family and religion and finally come to his own in the worker's state. And we see that the dark ideologies of our time were not to be outdone by the dogma defined by Pius XII a century later. It was the novena to the assumption that saw the terrifying conclusion to the most brutal conflict in human history. On August 6, 1945, Feast of the Transfiguration, the first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, and then a second bomb on Nagasaki, leading to the Empire of Japan's announcement of surrender on August 15th. Thus ended the terrible war which Our Lady of Fatima foretold would come hard on the heels of the First World War, which was still raging when she appeared to the shepherd children in 1917. In the face of the universal destruction wrought by Darwinism and socialism, in the wake of that two-headed world war that left some 50 million dead, the Pope held up Blessed Mary as the great sign of hope in the resurrection. In those days, we might say that the word most often opposed to resurrection was revolution. Now, in the poor English of our degenerate era, it is the great reset. This is the great gift, the Trojan horse offered by the well-fed, hypocritical Politburo, now masquerading as our government. Why look for some far-off salvation? We offer safety here and now. Why follow some invisible savior who has redeemed men from every race and nation? It's time to pit race against race and settle the score for all past oppression. Why look for some sign in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun? We owe everything to Mother Earth and must sacrifice all for her, property, family, even whole populations. The assumption of Mary, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting? Death is the end. It must be feared. And since it cannot be escaped, it must be made as painless as possible, even if that means trampling on the innocent lives of others to improve our comfort. This new reset world will scoff at any paradise that religion has been able to depict. My children, we know well what this society will be. It will be nothing other than the mystical body of Antichrist. It has now been over 100 years since Russia first began to spread her errors throughout the world, abolishing property and the rights of parents, outlawing religion, 
legalizing abortion. Many countries now participate in the spreading of these errors, and our own country now seems ready to embrace all of them. The consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary by the Pope and the bishops has not yet taken place. It is perhaps some 60 or even 70 years late in coming. And so our century continues to see all the dire prophecies of Fatima being fulfilled. Yet we know that, as the Virgin promised, in the end, her Immaculate Heart will triumph. God has not denied Mary any grace which is in harmony with his plan of salvation for mankind. Thus, the Church has never allowed the teaching that Mary was not redeemed, for we must all believe that Christ is the Savior of all men. But the Church has taught what the faithful have always believed, namely, that since Mary was to be the mother of the Savior, God willed to redeem her in a manner more perfect than that by which he had redeemed all the other children of Adam. He willed that the moment of her conception should also be the moment of her redemption, such that she was preserved from all stain of original sin. Further, the divine dignity of her son demanded that she should be preserved from all sin throughout her life. The prophet had foretold that the Savior of the world would be born of a virgin, and the dignity of that Savior demanded again that his mother's virginity should be preserved before, during, and after his birth. But since this Savior was none other than the second person of the Blessed Trinity, true God who became true man in time, God revealed to his church that Mary is rightly honored by the title Theotokos, Mother of God. St. Francis de Sales, in his loving way, adds another argument in favor of the privileges of the Blessed Virgin Mary, one which we may well imagine could only have come from the pen of our great doctor of charity, Jesus Christ, he says, was true man, and as a man he obeyed the Ten Commandments of God. How then can we believe that he did not perfectly obey the Fourth Commandment and honor his mother by giving her all good gifts which were his to give? And so he asks, what son would not bring his mother back to life? It would not bring her into paradise after death if he could. No place on earth has ever claimed to have preserved the body of the Virgin. Through the long ages, the fathers of the Church have resounded their pious sentiment that it is inconceivable that the Mother of God, after all the privileges she had received from the Savior, should have become the prey of worms. Thus it was in 1950 that Venerable Pius XII defined as a revealed doctrine what the Christian faithful had always believed, that the Immaculate Mother of God and Ever-Virgin Mary 
at the close of her earthly life was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Mary has untied the knots of death as Eve, mother of the living, became the cause of death through her disobedience. So Mary, mother of all who live in Christ, has become cause of salvation through her obedience. The sacred heart of Jesus first came into the world through the immaculate heart of Mary. And we cannot doubt that in these last days, the reign of that divine heart will come once again through the heart of her that first believed. By her assumption, she has become the pledge of that truth revealed to us by St. Paul. Christ is risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who sleep. For as through man came death, so through man cometh the resurrection of the dead. And as in Adam all died, so in Christ all are brought to life, each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then all who are of Christ, who believe in his coming. Then shall come the end, when he shall deliver the kingdom to God the Father, once he hath brought to nothing every principality and power and strength. For he must reign until he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed shall be death. Praise to thee, O Virgin Mother of God, assumed into the highest heavens, from whence we await our Savior, who will deliver us from this body of death and make us like thee and lead us to the new and eternal heavens. Amen.